Good morning, good morning. How's everybody today? Are you good? I, mean, I feel like we already had church. I can go home. I don't know how you guys feel. Well, that was an amazing time in worship this morning. Uh, I want to welcome those of you that are just checking out Elevate Church for the first time. My name's Colby. I'm the pastor here, and I just want to say you picked a great uh, series to jump in on. What we do as a church is we kind of go through series. So we'll, we'll talk about something and two. We'll all get tired of it, and then we'll talk about something else, but it's all based in God's word, and this series that we're in is called Mind Monsters, and the reason we're talking about Mind Monsters is because we all have things that plague our minds that keep us from becoming the people that God wants us to become, to keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. We have these monsters of, of fear and doubt, anxiety, uh, worry, things that keep us from God's best for our lives, and we're, we're kind of in this series discovering that um, they are really no threat to us at all. While they seem powerful on the outside, they seem uh, scary to many of us, they are really no threat to us, not because of who we are, but because of who God is, amen? Like, we're no match for the monsters of worry and anxiety. We are no match for them, but ultimately, they really are no match for God. And so kind of that's what we are learning in this series. Last week, we kicked this thing off talking about a monster called fear, if you were not here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Here's the good news, though. Most of you were here because we had about 1,700 people in attendance last weekend. That's awesome. And it's not just about numbers, but it's about celebrating the fact that God is doing something amazing in this church. And so I would just say go back and listen to that message if you weren't here. It's kind of foundational for this series. But today, I want to talk about a monster called Worry, a monster called worry. Worry is like a weight on our soul. Uh, unlike fear that can bite us and, and kind of grab us in, a, in an instant and then let's go, worry tends to hold on. Worry tends to sink its claws into us and never let go. So I wanna talk about uh, the pros and cons of worry as we kick this thing off. Things that are, uh, let's first talk about the downsides of worry. Many of us know what they are. Worry can produce these physical uh, effects in our life like uh, ulcers, anxiety, migraines. Uh, you can get migraines from, from worry. Uh, it can impact your job, right? It can cause you to have illness. It is so unhealthy for us to live in a constant state of worry. It produces stress, which can produce high blood pressure, sleeplessness. It affects our relationships that we have. We make irrational decisions because we worry, because we're, we're staying up late at night. We're tired and we're cranky, and so we make some bad choices. Now let's look at the, the upsides of worry. Here you go. Nada. Zip. Zilch. Cerro for my Latino brothers and sisters, right? Like goose egg, worry, there really is no upside. The Bible says who can add a single you know, day to their life by worrying, who can do that? So the word worry, uh, just so you know, comes from an old German word which means to seize by the throat and to tear. That's where worry comes from because that's what worry feels like. Where he feels like we have this chokehold, right, on our life that is not letting go. It suffocates us. It silences us. We live in this constant state of worry that literally strangles the life out of you and me. So I did some study this week and, and kind of looked up what, what do people worry about? What are the top 10 uh, things that we worry about? Here's a list of them. Uh, work is one of them. 
Many of us worry about work, worry about our jobs. Money is a big worry that we have. Being late, that was like number three. Like showing up somewhere late is a big worry for people. Uh, Friends or relatives, their health concerns, health that they have, that's a worry. Our own health, that was a top worry. Get this one, missing a plane or a bus. I I missed a plane one time, never did that again. Like it's just, that's a big worry for many of us. Not waking up to the alarm. Um, Appearance, the way you look is a worry. Safety of our kids. I wanna add one more to the list because I used to have this dream every single, like almost every single night in middle school and that was going to school naked. Anybody have that dream? Is that a weird dream? But we worry about so many things. In fact, that same study showed that 84% of us in this room have lost sleep, significant sleep over worrying about something. And so we worry about the economy. We worry about our jobs. We worry about how we're gonna pay for it all, do it all. If you have a student who is going into college soon, or is in college, you worry about how are you gonna make those ends meet? Or if you are in school, right? You worry about racking up all that debt. We worry about our kids, how to keep them safe in the world that we live in today because uh, we just, we worry so much is different than when I was even growing up. Or we worry about health uh, that affects our loved ones. You go to a doctor because something's not right, so you get some tests done and the doctor says, all right, you know, the tests are gonna come back in a few days or so. And so for the next few days, right, you just kind of go over all the what if scenarios we worry about so much worry has been a significant um, issue in my life. And chances are, I'm guessing it has been a big issue for many of us as well. Because it's so easy for us to be held hostage by this mind monster of, of worry. You might say, Colby, what is it that you, that you worry about? Uh, well, I worry about, first of all, it sounds silly, but I worry about ticks. For real. Like, I hate ticks. I worry about ticks. We live, you know, close to some woods, and, and it's just so many ticks. And the, one of the reasons I worry about them is because, um, like, my son, who, my third-born, Park, he got bit by a tick, like, one time, and he got Lyme disease. Like, didn't even latch on for very long. Just, like, a bite. That was it. Started getting those targets, you know, kind of all over his body. But he got Lyme disease from one bite from a tick. So I worry about that. I worry about my kids. I don't know how many of you worry about your kids, but I, I worry because I know how dumb I was growing up. And I know the dumb things that I did and the mistakes that I made. And, and me and my brothers, I'm the middle of three boys. And we just, man, we got into so much trouble as kids, we did some really dumb things. Like one, for example, I might as well just confess, um, this is therapy for me. I don't know if you realize that, but just kind of <laughs> talking to you guys about my messed up past. But uh, we would just, my brothers and I, we used to love snakes. And so we'd go out and snake hunting and find snakes. One day we brought a snake home in a plastic newspaper bag. We opened it up. It was a water moccasin. That's dumb. <laughs> so I worry, right? about my kids, I worry about their safety, I worry about them making these dumb decisions as well. I worry about the church sometimes. Worry, am I I doing a good enough job? I worry about the fact that there are so many people uh, in our city that think they're okay with God, but they're really not. And I worry about if I don't present the message of Jesus, it's clear and concise and what he did for them, will somebody spend eternity in hell? And ultimately, I know it's not up to me, I get that, but I still worry, right? Because so many people are lost. So many people are apart from God. So I worry, I worry. Today I have one goal, and that is to shed some light 
on this monster that lurks in the corner of our minds called worry, this life-draining, life-sucking monster. Now, here's, here's the reality of it. Uh, those of us that are Christians that follow Jesus, and I wanna say, that's not everybody in this room, and that's okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I love the fact that some of you are just kind of checking this whole church thing out, that you're just kind of, you know, who is God? What does God mean for me? What do I do with God? What do I do with, with Jesus? You're kind of kicking the tires of the faith, and that's great. I'm glad you're here. But for Christians, a lot of us, we don't say we are worried. We call it we are concerned about some things, right? Because we don't use the word worry. I'm concerned about things. I'm concerned about this or that. But it doesn't matter what we call it. It's all worry. It's worry. And we hold on to it, or more accurately, it holds on to us. It's a monster that's hard for us to get rid of. Uh, Some of us believe uh, erroneously that we have to worry. That if we don't worry about this thing, whatever it is, and no one's worried about it, then things are gonna go bad, so I have to hold on to it. Some of us are such chronic worriers that when there's nothing to worry about, we worry about that, right? (laughs) Because that's not right, something is there. We should be worried about something at all times. And the reality is you and I will never be set free. We will always be in hostage to this monster of worry until we recognize that worry uh, is one of our worst enemies. In fact, it's one of the greatest weapons in the arsenal of our spiritual enemy, Satan, who wants to destroy our lives, who wants to teach us to live with and to manage worry in our life. Here's what Romans 14, 23 says, everything that does not come from faith. What is it, what's that word? It is sin. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. So in so many ways, worry is the opposite of faith. If anything, it's, it's not faith in God, it's faith in the enemy. It's faith in worst case scenario. Worry is that thing that makes uh, mountains out of molehills. It's, it's not faith in good things, right? It's faith in the bad things that could happen. I want you to write this down. Worry is faith in the what ifs of life. We always say that, what if this happens? What if that happens? What what if we go down that trail? It's faith in the what ifs of life and ultimately here's what it is. It is the sin of distrusting in the power and the promises of God. It's the sin of placing our, our faith in the worst case scenario rather than our faith in God. And the Bible tells us that worry doesn't come from God. Look at it with me in 2 Timothy chapter one. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear. Is not given that to us? That worry, that anxiety, that fear, that does not come from God, but God has given us instead a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's what comes from God. That spirit of worry, that doubt, that fear, it doesn't come from God. It's from our enemy, the evil one, and holds many of us hostage. Here's what Jesus had to say about worry in Matthew 6. He said, do not worry about your life. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, about the food that you're gonna have, your body, what you will wear. He says, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? I love that, that Jesus said, do not worry about your life. The Greek word for life is the word suke. Everybody say suke. Suke. And what that means is your whole life in totality, your whole life in its entirety, it means your emotional life. 
It means your physical life. It means your, your, uh, your tomorrow life. It means your today life. It means your yesterday life. Jesus is saying, none of it we have to worry about. We don't have to be held hostage to worry about anything in our life at all because your heavenly father loves you. That's what he's saying. He's got your back. And while we know that, still many of us lay awake at night, tossing and turning because we are worried. Going over different uh, scenarios, agonizing over every little detail. Our stomach gets in knots, we get ulcers, we get tired and exhausted. A lot of us take that exhaustion out on other people. It makes us irritable and cranky. Maybe it leads to, to doubt and anxiety, maybe even depression. And many of us can't function maybe and we have to take medication for it because we worry, we worry. Um, I've been a chronic worrier most of my life. And at times I still worry. I haven't gotten it all figured out just yet, but God has certainly helped me to overcome it in many different ways. So I wanna give you uh, three key statements today that are gonna help you keep your worry in check. Help us uh, keep that, that monster of worry away from our mind. Here's the first thing that we're gonna do. Jot this down. I will do what God asked me to do. Write that down. In fact, I want you to repeat after me. Everybody say, I will do what God asked me to do. One more time. I will do what God asked me to do. Now, of course, when it comes to the monsters of, of worry, the monsters in our mind, we have to start with what we covered last week. Again, I would encourage you to go back, but we need to make sure we are drawing accurate conclusions that we are understanding God's power and his promises. We're defending those borders in our mind. We are launching a counter-strike and we are exploiting enemy weaknesses. But then when it comes to this stranglehold, this choking that, that worry places on us, I will do what God asked me to do. And I say that because the problem is uh, many Christians, many people who are Christians, I believe, in my opinion, over-spiritualize everything. Like we'll say, I'm just gonna allow God to do it. That God's got this, that God's gonna show up, that he's gonna take care of anything. I don't have to do anything. That God is in control, he's got this for me. That we, we just, we, we think God's got everything covered. I've talked to so, uh, a guy recently who was unemployed and I'm like, man, are you looking for a job? He's like, nope. <laughs> Why, you already have one? Nope. You got your resume out there? Uh-uh. Are you beating the streets? Are you applying every place that you can? Nope. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm just waiting on the Lord to bring me a job. <laughs> Holding out for management, right? Like Cousin Eddie. He's like, really? <laughs> You're gonna be waiting for a long time. I'll talk to guys who wanna get married one day. And I'm like, dude, are you, are you seeing anyone? Nope. Have you left your house? Uh-uh. <laughs> Have you talked to anyone of the opposite sex ever? Nope. I friended a waitress on Facebook. Does that count? No, that's creepy. Don't do that. Like, what are you doing? Well, I'm just waiting on God to bring her to my door. You're going to be waiting a long time, dummy, right? Because a lot of times we over-spiritualize it and just think God's going to take care of this. But God will ask us to do some things. I know people who are broke. It's like, what are you doing to get out of debt? Well, I'm just going to wait on God. I'm gonna hit the Powerball, you know, hit the lottery, whatever it is. Listen, 
There are things that God wants us to do to move. And many of us are, are paralyzed because we're, we're in fear of worry or we're sitting there over-spiritualizing it, just saying we are waiting on God. But listen to me, it could be that God's waiting on you. It could be the fact that God is waiting for you to take a step in faith. James 1.22 says this, do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourself. But what does it say? Do what it says. Like God tells us in his word some things that we are to do. Some of the things that you are worried about, listen, God has already written about. And it's there for, for us. Colby, what, is, what does God want me to do? I don't know some specifics maybe for your life. But I know there are two things that God asks all of us to do when it comes to worry and it comes to the stranglehold that we have. Uh, one of the things is, jot this down, to focus on what is, not on what if. Not always go down that trail of what if, what if, what if. In fact, uh, 2 Corinthians 10 tells us that we are to take every thought captive that we have and make it obedient to Christ. In other words, when our mind starts to wander down that, well, what if this happens? The worst case scenario, the, the mountain out of the molehill, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? I'm worried about this. I don't know what to, I, I do. We are, whenever we recognize that that is not a thought from God, that we are to take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's not a thought based in what God's word says, but it's a thought based in fear. And instead of focusing on what if, what if, what if, we are to focus on what is? What is it that God tells us? Here, here are some what is's uh, to think about. I don't know if is's is a word. It is today, all right? Um, God's word tells us we are to think on things that are lovely, that are noble, that are praiseworthy, right? That are admirable. Think on, on those things. Think on the, the what is's of God's word. So for example, if you're a student and you say, I'm always gonna be a terrible student. I'm always gonna be a bad student. I'm always gonna make bad grades. I'm always gonna bomb all these projects no, God's word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So I'm not focusing on the what if, what if, what if. I'm focusing on the what is in God's word. Those of you that would say, I'm always gonna be depressed. This is just who I am. I'm always gonna be miserable, which by the way, next week we are tackling depression. We're talking about depression. If you know anyone or if you, you yourself battle with this, this is one of the, the things that our, our nation really is battling with so much. Depression, I, sh I need you to be here next week. But if you'd say, man, this is all the, the only thing that I'm ever gonna be. No, God's word says that he's working out all things for our good to those who love him and are called according to his, his purposes, right? So, so don't look at the what if, what if, what if. You look at the what is in life. Now, uh, it might take some time for us to retrain our thought patterns. Right? We've been so ingrained into thinking about worry, into being held hostage by the monster of worry, it's gonna take some time to form a new muscle, muscle memory to where whenever we recognize that thought that's not from God, we take it captive and we make it obedient to Christ. It might take a month, it might take two months, it might take two years to start to retrain the way that we think, but one day, as you immerse yourself in what God's word says, what God's word is, Right Over and over and over again, uh, he'll begin to renew our mind and our hearts in Christ Jesus. That's what his word says. And then all of a sudden, right, we're having uh, faith-filled thoughts, not fear-filled thoughts, because we've retrained our mind. So we're gonna do what God asked me to do. And one of the things that God is asking all of us to do is to focus on what is, not on what ifs. Like immerse yourself in God's word. Soak your heart 
in God's word. Focus on what is, here's the second thing that God's gonna ask us all to do, jot this down, and that's just to be wise. Be wise. Make good decisions, right? Uh, uh, How many of you know common sense isn't all that common? It's not, right? But God's word says so much about being wise. There's a whole uh, section in the Bible called the the literature, wisdom uh, teachings, wisdom literature of God's word. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is in there. There's so much that tells us we need to just be wise. We need to make good decisions. So going back to that example of my friend that doesn't have a job, it would be wise, right, to get your resume together. That would be wise. It would be wise to to beat the streets. It would be wise to to network with some people. It would be wise to do everything that you can in order to, to be able to find a job, to apply every place you can. That would be the wise thing to do. Maybe if your kids aren't uh, honoring God, they're dishonoring God, it would be wise to pray for them. We're gonna, of course, do that. But beyond that, it would be wise to get a book. Maybe to understand what godly parenting looks like, it would be wise to surround yourself with some other parents who have walked down that same path to do life with them. There are some wise things that we are to do. If your marriage is struggling, Listen, it would be wise to get your, get your go to a, a, your pastor, go to a Christian counselor. It'd be wise to talk to your small group leader or get in a small group with other couples and have them speak into your life. There are some things that God asks us to do and we are uh, just to be wise. If you wanna get married, it would be wise uh, to, to go hang out with some people of the opposite sex that are married. That would be wise. It would be wise to brush your teeth. It would be wise to take a shower, right? It'd be wise to be nice, to say, you know, hi to someone of the opposite sex. There are some things that we can do, some wise things. So I need to do what God asks me to do. And what will God ask me to do? I know he's gonna ask me to focus on the what is, not on the what ifs. And I know he's gonna ask me to be wise. So thought one, I will do what God asked me to do. Here's the second thought, here we go. I will give God then what I cannot do. In fact, I want you to say that, repeat it after me. I will give God what I cannot do. So I'm gonna do all that God asked me to do. I'm not gonna over-spiritualize everything, just I'm just waiting on God to show up. No, God wants me to be wise. And he wants me to take some steps. He wants me to be active in the process. But then the things that I can't do at all, I'm just gonna give God those things. Because ultimately, I can't hold on to them anyway. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about, what's that word? Anything. That's a big word. Like, would anything include that thing that kept you up last night? Would it include that thing that you were so worried about, the outcome of it, that ultimately you have no control over, that you can't do anything about in the first place? That would include anything. Like he says, do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. In other words, give it to God. Say, God, here it is. I can't do anything about this anyway. I'm giving it to you. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So again, we do our part. We do what we can do, and then we give to God what we cannot do. But here's what happens. If you're anything like me, I always say, all right, God, I have this thing that I'm worried about. And I know I shouldn't be worried about, so I'm gonna give it to you. So here's my, here's my God can. God, I'm gonna give this thing to you. 
Here you go. Take it. Maybe it's protecting my kids. Maybe it's worrying about them, uh, trying to keep them from all kinds of danger. God, I can't do anything about it. Here you go. I give it to you. There, God, there's my worry. You can have it. It's all yours. Now do something with it. Okay, God, I gave that thing to you. I'm still worried about it. I still you know, feel like you know, you're not doing much of anything. You know, I let you have that like 15 minutes ago. What are you gonna do with it? And so if you're like me, oftentimes I'll run back and I'll take that thing back from God that I gave to God in the first place because I don't see any activity. And I feel like, all right, well, if you're not gonna do anything with it, then I certainly can do something with it. And I bring it back. That I can do this, I can fix it, I can manage it. And honestly, that's where worry is born. When we don't trust God with that thing that we've given him and we take it back. But a lot of times the problem is, is because we believe our God is too small, but we are so much bigger. And that I can handle this, I can take care of it. And what happens is when we um, believe that, we begin to kind of crush, get crushed under the weight of worry when the reality is we have this backwards. The fact is, I am too small, and our God is so much bigger. That we need to give that to God. And when I have a right view of who I am and a right view of who God is, it changes my perception of worry. Now I realize this is still not, um, this is still not accurate, all right? My can should be a lot smaller. The God can should be bigger than the world, okay? I get it, I get it. Because my God can. My God is greater. My God can do all things. I just couldn't find a can that was bigger than the world. I couldn't get in the building. <laughs> but you understand, right? When I have a... A, a wrong view of God, I hold on to worry. I rehearse worry. I relive those things over and over, but when I have a right view of God compared to me, I release my worry. I, I let him take it, I remove it, I give it to God. So let's kind of walk this out. Practically, what does this, this look like? Um, can I, using that example of of wanting to protect my kids. Can I protect my kids from everything? Can I watch over them constantly? Can I make sure that nothing ever hurts them, that they will never be in danger? No. Can God do that? Yes, God can. God can. The one who created them, the one who knit them together, who formed them in the womb, the one who, who wrote out all of their days in his book before a single day ever came to be, that God can take care of them. That God can protect them and be their refuge. My God can. So I, I give that to God because I can't do anything with it. Can I heal anyone of cancer? No. I can do what God wants me to do. I can pray for them. You know, if, if you have Cancer, you can, you can pray, God, you can, uh, you can go to the doctor, you can follow the treatment plans, you can do everything that you can, but ultimately, you cannot heal yourself from cancer. Can God heal anyone from cancer? Absolutely. God can. I can't do it, you can't do it, but my God can do it. Can God restore marriage? Let's say it this way. Uh, can, I, can I change, can you change your spouse? Some of you hesitated on that. Can you change your spouse, yes or no? No, you might think you can, but you can't change your spouse. Listen, can God change your spouse? Yeah, yeah can God change you? 
Yes, God can work in your heart. So I give, uh, you know, I do what I can do, which is not very much, but I give God the things that I cannot do. And I place my trust in him. I say, here you go, God, take this. It's all yours. Can I, my worry change anything at all? It can. But God can change anything that he wants. That nothing is impossible for him. So I give that to God. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna do everything that I can do. And I'm gonna give God what I cannot do. Here's the last thing I want you to jot down. And that is, no matter what, I'm gonna trust him. No matter what happens, I'm gonna trust in God. Now, if God does what I want him to do, with that worry, with that fear that I have, great, I'm gonna trust him. Here's the key. If he doesn't do what I think he should do, then I'm still gonna trust him because ultimately he is sovereign. No matter what happens, I'll trust in him. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. That's a, that's a familiar verse for many of us in the room. But then he says this, therefore, do not worry. Like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about what? About tomorrow. Like, there's so much that we could worry about. There's so much that could grip us in fear. But our worry doesn't do anything to change that at all. So don't worry about tomorrow. He says, because tomorrow already has enough worry for itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. See, when you trust God and you learn to walk with God, you understand that he's actually already in tomorrow. He's already there. Time is not an issue for God. That he already knows what's gonna happen. Therefore, I, Colby, I don't have to worry about what's gonna happen tomorrow. Instead, I can trust in God fully. Let me unpack this for you. Because like I said, in my life, and I've been a chronic worrier. Worry about my kids. I worry about, man, their, their health. I worry about protecting them, right? I worry about my family. I have brothers that I'm, I'm worried about. If I'm being honest about things that are going on in their lives, I worry about that stuff. I used to worry a lot about the church. And when we got started uh, a little over seven years ago, we were meeting in a school and, and you know, things, things were going great. And, you know, God was bringing people into the school and, it was awesome to see. And then, I don't know if you remember this, but it was probably, man, a year after we, we launched in Harding School, this building came available. It came open. The Dollar Theater kind of moved out and, and it would just sat here, it just sat here. And I'm thinking, that's it. Like, that's where we're gonna go. And so we, we met with the, the mall people and, and got with their corporate people in Youngstown and just, hey, what can we do to make this happen? And things were looking good for a little bit and they're like, uh, no, it's not gonna happen. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those moments, like, what do you have for us, God? Like, like are we gonna do the portable church thing forever? God spoke to me in that moment. He's like, I want you to be the best portable church that you can be. And don't worry about what I have for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the future. I already have that in control. You just worry about being the best portable church that you can be. So that's what we did. And how many of you know, uh, about a year and a half after that, um, the school said, hey, it's time for you to go. They're like, bye-bye. 
Like, we've had enough. You know, you guys are growing. You're holding too many services here now. It's blowing up kind of thing. We can't continue to keep the doors open that long. You have to find something else. And so that, that fear started to come up again. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And here's what I've learned. God is in the business of bringing dead things back to life. And so I made another call on this building and we started to open those negotiations again and started to walk down that path. And ultimately we, we arrived at an agreement which was better than I could have ever thought or imagined because that's how God works. In fact, we were gonna pay less in rent here than what we were paying at the school, having the school like once a week. That's unbelievable, only God could do that. But this is what I understood was that if I walk with God in enough yesterdays, then I don't have to worry about tomorrow. If I walk with God in enough yesterdays, I realize he's faithful and he's always been faithful and it gives me faith for today so I don't have to worry about tomorrow. And so we trust God no matter what happens. So if God uh, decides to show up like you want him to show up, awesome trust him. If he doesn't, you trust him anyway. No matter what I trust in God, if God does a miracle and, and he heals my, my family member, if he does a miracle and he brings this to be about, then amazing. I trust God with that. But if he doesn't, I'm still going to trust him. If I have to walk through my darkest night and I have to experience the, a nightmare of a journey, whatever it is he has you going through, I'm still going to to trust him. So it really looks like this. I am putting myself completely in God. That no matter what, you trust him. You don't worry, you trust him. Because when you walk with him through enough yesterdays, you realize he is faithful. He's faithful for today, and he'll be faithful for tomorrow. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Like everything. Don't lean on what you can understand. Don't lean on what you can wrap your mind around. That's kind of our, our problem. I can do this. I can handle this. No, no. He says, even if it doesn't uh, seem like uh, you can do that or it doesn't seem like God can do it, you need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on what you can understand, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I don't know what you're worried about today. Chances are, if you're like me, and you've battled worry. You might be battling worry held hostage by worry. But know that worry is placing faith in the what ifs of life. Worry is the sin of distrusting in the power and the promise of God. And some things you can, I, I can do is just do exactly what God asks us to do. Get in his word. He wants you to be wise. He wants you to focus on what his word says and then ultimately give to God the things that you cannot do. That you were never meant to do. You can't hold on to them, so give them to God. In fact, place yourself in God. And then no matter what, trust him, trust him, trust him. If it works out, great. If it doesn't, great. I still trust him. Let's do this. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Worry is something that grips many of us, that we hold on to, and maybe for the first time you understand it is it's a sin that anything that we don't have faith for, everything, not in faith, God says it's a, it's a sin. It's the sin of distrusting and the power and the promises of God. 
And today I believe God wants us to become free from that monster of worry that we carry with us that impacts so much of our lives physically, mentally, emotionally. It should be like a weight lifted off your shoulders when Jesus says, you don't have to worry about your life. Your life, your entire life. Your yesterday life, you don't have to carry that with you. Your today life, your tomorrow life, that he already has that. We don't have to worry about it. We do what we can do, but ultimately we give God those things that we cannot do. What do you have to give God today? To say, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't hold on to this. I knew, I know I gave it to you and then I gave it, I grabbed it right back. But today I'm gonna give this to you again and I'm gonna trust you with it no matter what. You just name it. Take an opportunity right now to give it to God, to put it in his hands, to put it in his can, because God can. God can. We cannot, but God can. Maybe it's for healing of a loved one. God can do that. God, we're trusting in you for that. We're believing in you for that. Maybe it's a son or a daughter who has gone so far from God, and you don't know how they're ever gonna get back. God, today we're trusting you that you're gonna draw them back to you. Maybe it's an addiction that, that you don't see any way of, of, of breaking. You're worried that that's all you're ever gonna be and that's, that's who you're gonna be. But today you just give that to God. God, I can't do this today. I'm just trusting you to break that. Only you can do it. And while we're praying with every head bowed, every eyes closed, maybe some of you walked through these doors today and you were some of those people who would say, Colby, I'm not a Christian. I haven't put my faith in God yet. You know, one of the things I was worried about the most, one of the things that brought me to God in the first place was somebody asked me, what happens if you die? What does eternity look like for you? And I was kind of feeling this worry in my heart and in my, my life over that, but I understood and came to the realization that's not something I have to worry about. Since Jesus paid for my sins, and I've allowed him to do that, that my eternity is secure. The Bible says that we can now boldly, as followers of Jesus, with confidence, approach the throne of God because we've received that free gift of grace that was given to us through the sacrifice of Jesus. So that's not a fear for me, but the reality is some of you, that might be a fear. You might be worried about that. What happens in eternity? What happens when I die, well, I'm gonna tell you today that you don't have to fear that because God so loved you that he did not wanna do a life and eternity without you, so he sent Jesus to die for that sin that we all have, the Bible says, that we are all sinners. We've all fallen short of that standard that God has for us. But even in that, while we were sinning, God sent Jesus to die for us. And so you can walk out of this room with full confidence that you are saved, that you are a child of God if you put your life in Jesus. Kind of like putting that can in God. Just saying, God, I trust you with my life. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sins so I would not have to pay for them. If you're here and that's what you need to do, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer that does that. You can use your own words. You can, you can just kind of pray along uh, with me if you want. If you'd say, Colby, when you pray that prayer, I'm praying it right along with you for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time. But I need to commit my life to Jesus. I don't wanna have fear about what happens 
in the life to come. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, if I'm gonna pray that prayer and you're gonna pray it with me, would you throw up your hand right now wherever you are? I wanna see who I'm praying with, but more importantly, you're acknowledging before God, God, here I am. Take my life. I'm not gonna worry about this anymore. That I'm gonna have full certainty that my life is in your hands. Praise God for all of you. That's so amazing. That's so amazing. You can put your hands down. Say something like this to him. Use your own words. Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I repent. I'm sorry for going my own way. And today I believe that God sent you to die in my place so I would not have to die in my sin. But that Jesus, your death on the cross saves me. It frees me. It makes me new. It conquers all that sin in my life. So today I confess you as Lord. Tell him that again. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. And you are the savior of my life. And from this moment on, I'm gonna trust in you. I give you my heart. I ask your spirit to come live inside of me, to make me new, give me a fresh start. I am a new person in Jesus. It's in your name I pray, amen, amen. Come on church, celebrate with those today. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus into your life and accept him as Lord and Savior, we would love to know about it. You can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash yes, and there'll be some practical next steps for you to take along this journey. If you want to commit to feeling the mission and vision of this church to see people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, you can go online to elevatechurch.com forward slash give.